0: Okay, let's go. So we are on Kohelet, Dalet. Um, So Kohelet, Dalet, verse number five, verse (coughs) hey. You know, I teach grade eights and nines also. (laughs) As well as the grade fours over here. (laughs) Okay, so it says that... He says, koheleth haksil chovek et yadav vo'akhel et pesaro koheleth dalet um hey so it's 4 chapter 4 she's the PA to give the pages. so he says the following haksil chovek et yadav What does pesaro koheleth dalet chovek et chovek yadav like, folds his hands, like like this. The fool, the, the silly person, the shmoe, folds his hands, and eats his flesh. So, it's so interesting. Now, what does that mean? So, first we look at, uh, at the Maturus, David says the following. What does it mean that he folds his hands? He says the following, is that, the, um, the fool does nothing The fool doesn't do anything He just folds his hands Right? And he's like You know Whatever needs to get done Will get done The fool folds his hands And then he eats his flesh What does it mean he eats his flesh? If you just fold your hands And you think you're going to get Whatever you Whatever Deserve Expect You know whatever it is that you think is going to happen if you just fold your hands, at the end of the day, you'll have nothing to eat. Basar what it means. And therefore, by definition, he's going to eat his own flesh, which means what? Because he's so hungry and because he's got nothing to eat, then he starts losing. It's the absolute perfect way to lose weight. Right? You just fold your arms, do nothing, have nothing to eat, and then you starve. And because you starve, you eat your flesh. That's what the whole thing is when you fast. We say when the, with the fasting that um, in the days of the Beit Hamikdash, what would happen is that they would bring a a korban, and the korban was representative of the person's flesh, right? And be, I'm telling you, well, it was representative of the person's flesh, and it was like a person was being uh, was that, that, that their, their their meat was being brought up, and so therefore, uh, let me just. Okay, so the idea is, the idea is very simple, that uh, when a person is fasting, then you, your body eats itself, yeah, I and mean, that's what it does, that's why you lose weight, because you, 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 it eats up all the extras, so, um, so that's what he's saying, a person who folds their arms will just by definition eat their own flesh, however, it says the, the, um, the Midrashim have got a number of different ways to understand what this means, what does it mean, the fool folds his arms and then he eats his flesh. So the one midrash says the following. What does it mean? There are two people. Both of them were learning. They were learning. They were involved. They got involved in learning. They were enjoying being um, uh, uh, in, engaging in the way that it is. But then what happens is. One of them. Um, was learning and he really enjoyed the learning and he got, grew and grew and grew and grew and the other one thought it was rubbish got something happened we've had said that in a number of places in our community where a person sees something in their learning that they don't like that they don't understand it's unbelievable and because of that they just say well then it's like all nonsense so one small little thing that you don't understand you say nonsense and therefore you muffish. you you separate yourself away um, so the, the Midrash says So after a period of time The one who separated himself from the community Sees the one who had grown and grown and grown And instead of the one who had separated him from, from the community Being the one who's the, uh, who's the most respected The other one is because he's the one who's, um, <coughs> Who everybody is showing great cover to And therefore what does he do? It's like he folds his arms and starts like eating on his nails and he gets nervous for his life that he has existed, which is quite interesting. The point that I wanted to bring out is that um, we need to be careful when we find things that we don't understand to think that because just we don't understand it or we don't like it, that therefore it's not, Therefore, everything is just a waste. Because it's actually it's, it's, uh, it's indicative of a deep seated, if I may say, arrogance to say that if I don't understand something, it's all rubbish. So that's different. Now, that's different. That's different. That's because you, when you don't succeed in something, then you get like, you get very despondent. Yeah, no, I'm talking about where a person does not, doesn't see, so read something, doesn't understand it, thinks that it like, doesn't make sense in, in terms of their understanding of what Judaism is about, and they throw it all out, and it's rubbish. No, yours is different. You're saying a person works on something and is just not getting anywhere. That I get. That's, 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 that's the... Uh, there's a... In the introduction of... Rav Chaim Velozhin, Who was the Talmud of the Vilna Gaon, The Talmud of the Vilna Gaon, In his introduction to the Vilna Gaon's commentary... On the Mahzor... He writes the following... He says... Why did Tzaddikim have to do Tshuva? It's quite a thing... The greatest Tzaddik in the world has to do Tshuva... <laughs> so... Bless you... So... He says... You know why? He says... "Because." When a ta- even the tzaddik has to analyze whether the way they are doing what they do is the best for them. So, I know you've got 70 parts, you know, there's shivim pan in the Torah, there's 70 faces to the Torah. So, if there's 70 faces to the Torah, how do you know that the one that you've taken on is the right one for you? You don't. But it means you have to look deeply into it and see. So if you're doing something in a certain way, and that, and that is not driving you to a higher level of self and of self-fulfillment, then it might be that the way in which it's being done is not the way that you should be doing that thing. Do you understand what I mean? Right? So, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Or well, whatever it is. Uh, I, I, halakha is not meant to be a ball and chain. Halakha is meant to bring you closer to our Kodesh Baruch and if it's not doing that, then you have to question it. Whereas Rabbi Nachman says the following. He says that there's a point where you're trying to grow, and you're trying to grow, and you're trying to grow, and you grow, and then it gets, like, boring. It gets very still. And then you say, oh, well, it was so exciting. Now it's, like, boring. Like, what was it all about? He says that's like being in the eye of the storm. You know, in the eye of the storm, it's all very still. And all around you, everything's going mad. He says all you have to do is just jump up a little bit more. A little bit more. That's the challenge. And then that little bit more, you're back in the excitement. You're you're back in the storm. And and we we like to be in the storm because that's what we like to get inspiration. We don't like to be quiet, but sometimes we stop ourselves because we find the quiet and we're not prepared to push to the next level. So I think it's both ways, depending on what you are, but one has to be careful not to become despondent because maybe it's you who's not doing it correctly in your way. You know, like if if I, I mean, as I take myself, if I would be like... Engaging in detail, tiny little finickety detail, and everything to drive me bonkers because I'm not good at that. You know, maybe that's my challenge, and I should be. Right? I like the like the big thinking part of it. You know, the fun. Um, so you know, one has to one has to try and find their way within the shivim panim of To. And I think that's where I think that's where the despondence comes in, and where you got to re reframe and relook and revisit. It's a thing as well. That's why uh, it's like interesting. You know, you find something like where the Hasidim like now there's an enormous drop out in Hasidim but where do they drop to? where do they go? if you, re, if you look on there's, there, there's, there's a movie on it on Netflix as well I can't remember what it's called um, but so these Hasidim the Hasidim in America they they, they, they they fry out so what do they fry out to? they fry out not to like, like modern, modern orthodox they fry out like there's nothing left why? Because then you see the, the, you see the videos of them sitting around the Shabbos table, right? They're all having like a Friday night meal. They, they, it's part of their world. It's part of their culture. It's part of who they are, but they, they've got... No, that was another thing. But they, they, it's, it's part of who they are, but they've got no space. They've got no space in which to manifest that. Why? Because they, don't, they, they haven't been taught that they're Shiva and in the Torah. They haven't been taught that they're different ways. And one way is no better than the other. It's just a way. You know, so if, if you want to be a Haredi, fantastic. If you want to be a religious Zionist, fantastic. You can be whatever you want, right? As long as that works for you. But if it doesn't work for you, then you may have to revisit. It doesn't mean leave it all. It means refine within a thing. That's what's happening a lot in... When, um, when, they, hit, when, they, when they kicked everybody out of, um, out of Gaza, right? There was a major um, overhaul of the whole religious Zionist ideology. Because how can... What do you do now if you're, not, if you're no longer in that, in that world of Gaza, in that world of... Where, where do you put yourself? Number one. And number two, the state of Israel, which is such a fundamental part of what we believe in, did that. So how do you relate to that? So a lot of people went off. Where did they go off to? To Hasidus. <laughs> okay? So you've got a lot of people like Rabbi Kringov, uh, you know, Kringle, I don't know. Who so his his, his boy, so he's a Gushnik through and through, and he's got two Chabad sons. Like completely switched. Why is a result of that? They felt they didn't had, didn't have the same meaning that it had for them before. Powerful. But that's what we've got to do. Find that space where you can find, you can develop in that way. So that's the one thing. Then he says what other is what others does mean? What it means is that you just fold your arms and you just expect something to happen. Uh, says the mitrush. This world is like Erev Shabbos. And Erev Shabbos Shabbos. If you prepare Erev Shabbos, then you'll eat on Shabbos. And if you don't prepare Erev Shabbos, then you know what's going to happen? You're going to go hungry. Why is this world Erev Shabbos? Uh, um, Erev Shabbos mipnei hachana haba al mitzvot u'ma'asim tovim. This world is Erev Shabbos because you have to prepare with mitzvot and ma'asim tovim. Now that's a very important thing, by the way. If you look in the midrash, the midrash doesn't say you prepare in this world with mitzvot only. It's mitzvot u'ma'asim tovim. What are ma'asim tovim? We know what mitzvahs are. That's the easy part. What are ma'asim tovim? So translated as good deeds. Fantastic. What the it between good deeds and mitzvot? Good deeds is doing things with the right intention. What's the intention? I've told you this before. Because what does the word tov mean? Not good. Correct. It can't mean good. Right? So if we go back and we see how Kodesh Baruch created the world. Now we we'll go to the parsha part. Are you ready? Okay. Kodesh Baruch created the world. In the creation of the world, Hashem, um, Hashem says, "Vayar elohim ki tov." So it can't mean good. I mean, to say it's good, you know, you know, your first thing that you create, it's good, you know. And next, you know, and everything is good. It's very lekker. It's good. How are you feeling? Good. Good and you, right? Hey. How are you? Like, this is my best when you pass, that, pass the girls, right? Like, there's six of them. How, girls, how are you doing? One, two, three. Good, and you? Okay. It's terrible. What the hell does it mean? What does good mean? Good means nothing. Tov, 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 masim, tovim means deeds that are godly, not good. So, what is godly deeds? What does it mean to do godly deeds? Mitzvot, I understand. Mitzvot is my connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I do them in order for me to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What are godly deeds? Which means what? To do what? What does Hashem do? What does Hashem do? It's like an unbelievable idea. What does Hashem do? I'm doing ma'asim tovim, meaning godly deeds that are there to do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. What does He do? What does he spend his whole day doing? So, creating what? What is he doing? Conne- creating, connecting. How do you know? What the Gomorrah says, do you know what Hashem is doing with his day? revealing himself. No, that's all somewhere else. What the Gomorrah say? What is he doing? He's being Mashadech Shiduchim. He's bringing couples together. That's how we translate it. But what he's really doing is Hakkadesh Baruch, who is spending his day creating. Relationships. That's what he's doing. Sim tovim means that every single touch point that we have with another person needs to be a touch point that enables some manner of relationship. Now, don't mean that you have to have like the deep, you know, what's it called, DMC, right? With the uh, cashier at uh, at Woolies, but it's an opportunity for relationship. Hello, how are you? Right. That's all. It doesn't mean that you have to that it's a very simple thing. Hello, simple. That's all. Right? Something. That's why the Gomorrah says when you walk past a person, you must smile. We've spoken about this, right? That's why it says the Gomorrah, we learned it a couple of days in uh, in in Dafiyami as well. It says you've got to be maktim Shalom, adam. You do it. That's a masetov. It's not a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah hello. It's a masetov. It's a deed that is godly. It's a deed that does the same thing that our Kodesh Baruch Hu did when He created the world. he or, now listen to this. Imitate. Yes. be Yes. It is, but But what does it mean? Like, drachav means to walk in his ways. Yes, but we, when we see mitzvot, we don't think of it like that. No, no. Do you, when you say hello to someone, do you see that that's a mitzvah? Or do you see that it's a masetov? Or do you just see it's a interesting thing to do? I mean, think about how you see it. Terms, it actually... Yes, of course, of course. Because everything that you do that is a tov* by definition, is a mitzvah because the word mitzvah comes from the word tzav which uh, the tzav is the is the connection it's the thing in which you can hang yourself, hang your hang your connection to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. okay that's why. I'm okay no, I'm just, just everything in the world is about connecting. of course it, what he sees, we need to, connect to the way we with is the correct it's all about cuz it's all about so it's all it's all about one thing. And let me tell you this amazing thing: this is the parsha. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Share. Okay. So listen carefully. This is this is like the the, the Rebbe says. The Slonim Rebbe, since so we've spoken about the like, Vahi or the Slonim Rebbe, wants to understand as he does all the time when we have like these things that we speak about in the Pasha. What relevance is it to me to know about the Makkot? Why do I need to know about these 10 Makkot? Just say them like we do at the So, one of the Makkot that we have is Choshech. Darkness. What's the issue with darkness? So, why is it a Makkah? So, you have darkness, it's light. you can show off, it's great, fantastic, you don't have to worry, right? It's like load shedding. It's not so bad. What's not? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we light a fire, we're brought around the garden. Yeah. So so what's the issue with Choshek? So he says the following. Don't understand Choshek as we understand choshek, Because we understand Choshek as this darkness that came upon the mitzvah. But if you look in the Psukim, the Psukim say the following. Hashem says to Moshe, Yadcha Al hashamayim." What does it mean? Stretch out yadcha, stretch out your hand. Where? Al HaShemayim what does Al HaShemayim mean? on top of Shemayim how can you stretch your hand on top of Shemayim? you can stretch your hand to Shemayim but how can you stretch your hand on top of Shemayim? so it says the really what's going on is Hashem is saying to Moshe you've got to stretch yourself all the way up over Shemayim and what? bring down the Choshek. got it? where's the Choshek coming from? Shemayim who's in Shemayim? Akadosh Baruch which means that this Choshech that we call is not just darkness; it's the Choshech that belongs to Akadosh Baruch which means it's holy Choshech It's Choshech kadosh. Okay, where do we find choshek that belongs to Akadosh Baruch in its purest form? You know what Choshech is? Choshech is the primordial matter with which the world was created. It is the start of everything. Everything comes out of Choshech. Okay? So what is Hashem saying to Moshe? He's saying to Moshe the following. You lift up your hand and you lift it up and you pull down this holy Choshech into the world. But we know, because we've just spoken about it now, that our Kodesh Baruch Hu used the Choshech to create the world. And everything that came out of the Choshech is what? Tov. Everything. Salat, etc, etc, etc. So he tells him to pull down this Choshech into the world. The Choshech is now pervasive over the whole of Mitzrayim. And the Mitzrayim, it says, listen carefully. It says, The one didn't see his brother for three days. Okay? The one didn't see his brother for three days. And that's what was so bad about the Choshech. What does it mean? We wanted to see his brother three days. Surely, is that the issue? That you didn't see your brother for three days? So, understand, go back a little bit. Earlier on in that parasha, we speak about Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu grows up. It says Moshe Rabbeinu grows up. And he goes out to his brothers. Vayetze Elechav. By Mitsuri, and he saw the mitri hitting his brothers. The concept of seeing your brothers is not just an idea of you don't see somebody. It's seeing what's going on. It means that a mother and father and children are sitting in a room, right? In a dark room. I would switch off the in This room is absolutely dark. Absolutely dark. You could find your way from one place to another. You could feel it, whatever. But they didn't care. That's what it means. They didn't care. They didn't want to see. They were happy to be in their own world. Why are you happy to be in your own world when it's dark? Because you've got no connection to anybody else. Says the Slonim Rebbe. You know what the Choshech is? The Choshech is the thing that is dark and light together. Because it contains the light. The Jews had light. Why did they have light? They had light because they were connected to our Kodesh Baruch The Mitzvah had darkness because in this holy darkness, there's light and darkness. They had no darkness because they had no connection to Hashem. You understand? And what he says is that that's a learning for us. How do we get light in our lives? By connecting. Connecting to others. Connecting to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. Everything is actually choshek. This whole world is Choshech. It just is. Why? Because that's the primary metal that, every, that our Kodesh Baruch Hu created the world with. But if you want light in it, you've got to connect. When you connect to another human being as an image of Hashem, then you see light. When you connect to Him just to get your own needs, you don't see any light. And we have to, in our world, say, how do do I get enlightened? And He says an amazing thing, and He says, the way you get enlightened, the way you get um, inspired is by seeing the darkness in yourself and the light in somebody else. And when you want the light that they've got, you're inspired to achieve it. That's what growth is. I see something in myself that I don't like. I see something in you, Esti, that I think is an amazing midah, and I want to work on that midah. So I work on it. And then I take away from my darkness, in, because I've taken your... That's enlightened. That's how we work. That's what the parish is about. The, 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 the coming out of Mitzrayim is not just simply about coming out of Galut, or coming out of exile, but coming out of Mitzrayim is coming out of my own darkness into my own ability to see the light. And very often we don't see light. We see darkness. And we see darkness because we're not connected enough. That's an important thing, just by the way, to say so, completely. Exactly. It's all part of the one big system. Everything's a system that connects. The, minute we can, the more we connect to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, the more we see we're not jealous. The more we see light, the more we're inspired, the more we this, the more we that. And the less we connect, and I'm not saying it's easy to connect, by the way. Okay, that's a very important thing. It's not easy to make, maintain those connections, but they are there. Let's go. Okay, one more pasuk, okay? Then he says the following. He says, Shlomo HaMelech. Tov melo kaf nachat, amal It's better to have melo kaf nachat. What's melo? Full, cuff. what's your cuff? Cuff is the palm of your hand. Nachat, restful. then, then, a, um, then to have two um, palmfuls or handfuls which are just filled with uh, bitterness and hard work. So he says, what does that mean? Tov mishu, or tamisheloh. It's better for a person. To do a small amount of tzedakah with his own money, than a person who just steals and robs and whatever and does enormous tzedakah. Rather do tzedakah small amounts with yours than do tzedakah with everything. There was a, there's a there's a, 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 a the parish of Rav Soloveitchik on listen to this on Yom Kippur, okay? Was sponsored. I can't remember who the family is was sponsored by this family and they made such a spiel about it, it was unbelievable who this guy is. He was a very wealthy man and how early he is and how fantastic, the, you know, helps his employees and all these things and all these things and all these things. And it came out that he was the biggest gunner of the lot. And he sponsored Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Can you imagine that? But anyway, that's not about the point. Yeah, so it does happen because we're not always seeing. And then he says something amazing. Listen to the story. I know you've been. I know you've been bitten. So we're not going to. We're not going to um, go into that. I know that's a bit of a clap on the side. Okay, listen to this. Listen to this, and this is a. This is the life lesson of this week. I think, besides all the others, listen carefully. Says 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 the midrash. Tov mi shu shovar gina, achat, v'ovda mi mi shu socher ginot harbay v'ma avdan ele l'reot ruach. It's better for a person to have one garden and work it and succeed, than for a person to um, rent many, many gardens, many, many fields and destroy them. Why? So it says, the, uh, the Torah, it explains. <speaking in Hebrew language> Because he's not able to look after all the fields that he has, you don't get any bracha, even not in one. You destroy everything. Fascinating. Don't think just because you have more, it's better. Sometimes having less is better. Because with less, you can take care of them better. We, we, We like to say... You know we've got to be involved in so many things. Our children have to do so many um, extramurals. This has got to do everything we got to have be involved. Everything's got to be hectic. Don't be so hectic. Rather do one thing properly, and see all the bracha vesting in that one thing. Then do so many things, and more, more likely than not, you'll be no bracha in any of that, because you can't have bracha in everything. And when you start find, trying to search for bracha in everything. And uh, what happens is, he says, The birds come and eat everything. Like in a field, you plant, but because you're planting there, the birds are eating there. Right? And then you're planting over there, and the birds are eating that field. And that's how it works. And so therefore, he says, what you have to do, you've got to try and focus on one thing. kaf Try and get to focus and make sure you have at least one palmful that is full, that is full of brocha, rather than having a whole bunch that aren't full of anything. Um, on that I going to tell you a quick story and then we can dance so, so Shlomo Kalebach goes to a uh, um, goes to a, uh, a cemetery somewhere in Europe and he sees a stone where do you know the word kaf where do you know the word kaf from you're going to say it tonight kapa par saloni viadeha shil khala everyone. kapa means <laughs> the kaf the cuff is the the, the, the palm. Kappa parasalon is that it's saying about the woman that she gives her, her palm over to the poor. and she stretches out her hand to the destitute. Okay, so Shlomo Amelik goes to this um, to the cemetery. Uh, sorry, Shlomo Amelech goes to the cemetery and he sees on a grave uh, uh, these two graves that are joined together. Okay, but they're brothers. And they joined together by this pasuk. You know, like you see sometimes husband and wives grab their own. So he's trying to understand why the brothers linked by this. Seems a bit strange. And it comes, he tries to find the story and he finds the story eventually is that, um, that these two were very, very wealthy brothers and then they lost everything. Right? They lost everything. They had the wealth of the wealth. And it came out that the last thing that they had in their possession was a beautiful silver spoon that had been in the family for centuries. Okay? And um, they didn't know what to do, not know what not to do, and eventually the one guy said, says to his brother, look, you're the older brother, you take it, you keep it, and let's see what happens. So what did he do with it? He went and he sold it. Okay? And he sold it and he took half the money and he gave it to his brother. But these are people that were big Late tzedakah. So that's all they've got left. And as he does this, this poor person comes to the house of the one brother and says to him, I've got nothing. So he says to him, okay, well, here's the, here's the money that I've got from one half of the spoon. And he goes to the other brother, and the other brother says, well, here's the money I've got. And he gives another half of the spoon. Kappa, what's a cuff? The cuff of a spoon is the spoon part, right? And the yad of the spoon is the handle part. Kappa parsel Right, the, I give the cuff the, the to the poor person and I give the handle to the, to the destitute. And that's how they bound themselves, right, in the ability for them to give tzedakah. So sometimes you, know, you see things that are strange. We see stories, beautiful stories about what Am Yisrael are prepared to do. Right, understand they go beyond themselves. That's a masim toivim. That's a great connection. Have a beautiful day and a beautiful Shabbos.